Hello and welcome to the Pastor and the Pappy. This is episode 10 titled Complaint Department. I have with me tonight the Pastor and I am the Pappy. And this is a podcast in which two guys, one is a pastor and that's you. That's me. And the other is a Pappy and that'll be me. And we talk about God and our walks with God. Absolutely. That is the pastor and the pappy. Again, I'm the pastor. You're the pappy. Want to get that straight? Good to be with you uh, again for episode 10. I mean, it's kind of a milestone it is. for us, I think. So how are you doing, bud? I am just getting out of the worst week of my life. Oh. We, my wife and I both ended up with the flu, and uh, we were both diagnosed with what I like to call hinny, which is H1N1. We had okay. that strain, and we had another strain, too. Uh, Charlie looked it up in, in her uh, blood work, but we ended up getting really sick. And thank God she got sicker because her flu went up so high that she ended up, uh, we had to take her to the hospital because she was having trouble walking, having trouble thinking and talking. So we went to the hospital, found out she had two ulcers in her stomach. Oh. And I don't think we would have found them if she didn't get that sick. I mean, would have found them eventually, but uh, this this got them sooner. So they can get rid of them, and that'll be great. But man, it's just been a week of coughing, sneezing, head crushing, ugh, and gook. How much gook does a human being process oh. and produce? It's you, you know what this guy once told me. He said to be healthy, you have to move a whole cup of mucus out of your head every day. Now, I don't know how you would discover that, why you would want to discover that, but that's what he said. I don't know if that's every day or if that's when you're sick, but you have to get I hate uh, a whole cup full of mucus. Ah! Out of your, yeah. <laughs> you, you'll never think of bacon cupcakes the same again, will you? When the, no way. Anytime you're baking and it asks for a cup of something, that's going to be in the back of your mind now. <laughs> So, well, I was uh, real sorry. That's why we're recording a, a week late, by the way, is because uh, last uh, recording yeah. opportunity, you were not able to uh, get to the microphone. And so, but it did give me a chance to call you and vox you and text you. Thank you for checking And try to again. minister to you, which is what we kick in and do when we're followers of Christ and we see opportunity. I actually had an opportunity today. A guy came, uh, e-waste company, swung by to um, pick up a TV I had and some mm -hmm. computer monitors and stuff. They're picking them up for free. And as he was leaving, he said, are you the pastor? And I said, well, yeah, it's kind of hard to believe, but yes, I am. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said, "Will you pray for me. Oh, and I said, sure. So, That's so then, sweet. you know, it's kind of like when you look at Jesus, uh, healing the boy that had the demon that was throwing him into the fire and he didn't heal the boy right away. He talked with the dad and said, how long has this been going? Like, you know, he tried to get information out of him. I feel that's like ministry. So I started talking to this guy. Well, what exactly do you want me to pray? What's going on in your life? Hey, I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a father. I just need some guidance and strength. Okay. I come up with a scripture. I believe the spirit leads me to a scripture to give to him. And I give him that scripture and then I pray over him. So I, I always enjoy doing that, even though it's Man. unfortunately 
tough situations like yours that lead me to do that. But it was it was good to be able to minister to you a little bit, I hope, anyway. Oh, definitely. And it made me feel much better. You have to say that. Yeah. You're on you're on microphone. We're recording, so you have to say that. No, no, it did. It was it was definitely nice to hear your voice when you're checking up on me, especially when I feel like utter crap. Yeah. So I did appreciate it very much. And that's, you know, I, I feel a lot of, and this is something that any follower of Christ can do. You know, Jesus wants all followers of Christ to do this. But it, to me, it's very easy just when you know somebody's down to send a text, to send a box. You know, with, with the technology, we don't have to go to somebody's house and intrude upon their space anymore. You can send a text, an email. Right. And and they know they've been thought of. And I just I feel that's the work of God. And, you know, you can do that very I, – I did that. I probably reached out to five or six people last Sunday after church as I was at the park with my daughter listening to Please Stand By. And I'm just texting a couple people, said, hey, good to see you at church today. Miss you at church today. You know, how's things going? And uh, I, real easy to do but enjoyable to do as well. Sorry, though, for the circumstances that Thank required you. me to do that for you. Glad that you're better and, Did you and we're back. by chance enjoy the please stand by part where Ferg's wife, Sarah, uh, had to come in the room and tell him to say McCoy cast because it was driving her crazy that she didn't I, hear it. <laughs> I did. I, I laughed at that part. And then my daughter... You know who's playing? She she says, "What are you laughing about, Daddy?" And oh, my friends are being silly. <laughs> but uh, so, well, I'm doing good as well, Bud. But there's a couple of things that have happened uh, recently that I don't want to talk about right now. I, I want right. those to be our spiritual artifacts, and I think you do as well. So that's what we're getting ready to get into into this aptly titled episode complaint department. We are getting into our spiritual artifact now. Cultural artifact. Cultural artifact. <laughs> and now it's time for the cultural artifact. And now we're going to do that cultural artifact, which is a current event or an incident which connects in some way with our walks with God. So we've got a couple of these cultural, not spiritual, artifacts here mm-hmm. that we're going to cover. They, they all have a theme, and they all kind of popped up at the same time. Yeah, they did. And it's going to seem a little childish. I, th- I hope it doesn't seem childish for us to begin to discuss what we're going to discuss, because I do think once we get into the, the spiritual application that it's going you're, you're going to see there's a more mature reason that we brought this out. But also, it's also going to help us in, in future episodes in case it should happen again. Yeah, I, I hope so. If yeah. people listen that long enough, and maybe we can uh, we can drum up some uh, some good feedback as well. But sure. we got fee- we got feedback. This is the first thing that happened is we got some feedback, and it was not good. No, was it, Kevin? It surely was not, Doug. Um, I I received a letter on the website from a person that goes by the name of Follower of Christ. Um, so this this was on the website, not on iTunes. This is not an iTunes review. No, this is direct to website. And, oh, uh, this is a, this is a comment on Zerbinator Land. Yes, and wow. I, I would like you to read it because I, for am not good at paragraphs longer than three sentences. Okay, <laughs> so we're going to read this, and we're not trying to be churlish. Do you like that word? We're not trying to be petty. We're not trying to be self, uh, you know, d- defensive. But we do think that there is something to discuss here. So here's what the comment said: it "said with all due respect, this is not a Christ-focused podcast from two pastors." Now, again, without being childish, I want to insert 
we never said it was a podcast between two pastors. Yeah. We said it was a podcast between the pastor and the pappy. But in any case, uh, he continues. He says, you have to be extremely careful with spreading false teaching and subjective interpretation of the Bible. Well, I agree with I that. Agree with a that podcast too. needs to be Christ-focused, sure, if if it is intended to be Christ-focused, and to equip and grow people to grow their relationship with Christ. After listening, I did not get any value from it. The person who is asking questions in this podcast's podcast ask, asks a question, then answers. I'm imagining that's me. I think it was me. I thought the person who's asking questions is always me. Yeah, well, it, it seems, I guess maybe like I rhetorically ask questions in the Pauline style, the style of our uh, Apostle Paul who would rhetorically ask uh, questions, but he says needs to be a better listener. Well, more than likely true if you're talking about me. Um, no real biblical meat from this podcast. Please be very careful. And then he quotes James 3, 1. My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that we shall receive a stricter judgment. Now, you sent me this. So when I first got this, you sent it to me. I was at church. Church service was about to begin. Right. And uh, I keep my phone in my pocket because, you know, so often some of our servants are like, hey, I'm going to be late. I'm not going to make it today. Can you find a replacement? Whatever. So I, I need to keep my phone going. Right. And I got, you know, a, a notification. I opened up. It's you saying, hey, we just got this feedback from the podcast. I thought it was funny. I read it and laughed. And, you know, water off a duck's back. I just because you got to understand, I'm used to this. I mean, right. it's plenty of people come to my church and I'm not for them. And I even tell people, I say, hey, if I'm not for you, I can find you a guy who is, you know, don't just stomp off mad. Give me a chance to help you find a, a place to worship. But you're a, you're um, a lot like progressive. That's good. You help. Other yeah, people. exactly. I may not have the best rate, but I'll tell you who does. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, so I'm used to, to you know, either people just, A, maybe I just don't work for people, which is fine, or B, as I think is more the case here, I mean, he said that A is true, he said we don't work for him, that's fine, but right. B, I've been misunderstood, you know, I've learned to deal with both of those, and again, it's just water off the duck's back, I, I laughed at it and just and went on, but you, and I think your wife, were somewhat cheesed about this. We, I get cheesed very easily about a lot of things. Um, I get cheesed at work because I think uh, that I could always run a business better than the business I'm working for, and mm -hmm. I get in trouble for that. Um, I get uh, upset with uh, posts on Facebook, and I get cheesed off. But the, the biggest piece of cheese in this sentence, in this uh, paragraph that we received, is no real biblical meat from this podcast. I've never, ever had biblical meat before. I, I didn't know there was such a thing, and I even think that that's almost blasphemous in itself. Um, but biblical meat is, uh, it, it, this is not your source for that. In fact, if uh, I asked the gentleman, or, or lady, I don't know which is, I don't know the gender of this person, and I asked them to go back to episode one where we did say that there is, uh, we're not interested in any complaints or whatever might come along because of the sheer fact that we are not totally professional at what we're talking about. I mean, we're professional in our beliefs and what we are, and I am I am not 100% uh, uh, set in my ways with my religion, and, and you are, and that's the reason we have this show, is uh, I am sort of like a, a average Joe, and you are not. You are a set Joe. And that's the reason we have the show is because I'm open to what you want to say and you're open to what I want to say. 
And uh, that's the whole reason of the show. And if you don't feel like you're getting your quote-unquote biblical meat from this show, please turn it off. Don't waste your time hitting the download button. And for God's sakes, please don't listen. Because that's the option and the right that you have. And, and I don't want you to feel that you have to do something that would make you uncomfortable. Yeah, you know, and I can see that too. Like I said, I mean, there's a couple of dynamics working here. One is that, you know, sometimes criticism is apt and even constructive. And even if it's not constructive, it can be apt. So if you say Doug needs to be a better listener, uh, you know, I'm sure that's true. You know, right. I can, I can, you know, I it might that might change tomorrow. That might never change. It's true. As C.S. Lewis said in, in his autobiography, more's the pity, <laughs> you know, yeah. but I go on and I do the best I can with what I have. So one is that criticism might be apt, but kind of inappropriate. I mean, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I, I was with my disciple group yesterday and we were looking at Romans where it says the potter makes uh, out of the same lump of kit, clay some pottery for common purposes and some for, for noble uses. And, you know, we say, hey, God made us to be who we are. Let's use what we have to do what we can do. I don't feel bad about doing my best. So even if your criticism is accurate, it may not be appropriate. And we just, you know, I just ignore it and move on. But right. the, the other idea is that sometimes the criticism is inaccurate. And in this case, I think it is to some degree. Yeah, it is. B- because we did not say this is going to be a biblical Meat show. study. Yeah, Sorry. we said this is going to be two guys talking about faith. And faith is lived in a very irreligious world, which is why you're going to come up. You know, I think it, it, I think it was our discussion on reincarnation that – you know, keyed off this, this comment. Probably. Is that the one they left the, yeah, the comment on? Yeah. Yeah, they did. So, and, and, uh, I think it was, uh, really ag- against what this person must have believed in, which I can sure. understand. I not really one to believe in it either. It's just, I really thought it would be a neat thing to talk about considering that it is a thing amongst, uh, uh a lot of population on the planet. It, Exactly. And that, and so that's what you're talking about, where our faith intersects the real world, which means sometimes you're going to be talking book, chapter, verse of the Bible, but other times you're going to be talking about things that aren't in the Bible at all. I mean, again, right. if we did a show on aliens, hey, Doug, do you believe in aliens? That's aliens true. are never mentioned in the Bible. You know, is that a biblical topic? Not really. But is it a topic that Bible believers are going to come up against? in their daily life. So sure. I can understand why you were a little upset, but you know, cause there is some inaccurate criticism here, but what's really strange if, if I can move on, please is, is the timing of it. Cause we're, we'll talk more about this in the spiritual application section, but I got this a day after something similar and perhaps worse happened in public. And, and I think I've told you this story already, but Not if you don't yet. mind, you told me it was I coming. Have, Oh, okay. I told you it's coming. Well, I actually, I have two stories. Oh, actually, you want me to just go through them both? Sure. Let's hear them. Let's at, in order. At the risk of not being a good listener, you wanna, <laughs> you want me to tell both for an extended period of time? Here we go. So the first story <laughs> happened on the Saturday before you sent me this this feedback. Okay. So the same weekend that we got this feedback. I go to Taco Bell and I meet this guy at uh, at Taco Bell almost every Saturday. He's got two twin boys, a year older than my daughter, and they love each other. So they get to play. We get to talk. And um, this Saturday, unbeknownst to me, he brings his wife. 
Mm-hmm. Now his his wife is having real trouble parenting these boys, and it's causing friction in their marriage. I mean, they're they're coming close to crisis. No I didn't know I was going to be dragged into this at this particular. You know, I've, they've talked with me about this before. I didn't know they that this was going to happen at Taco Bell. You uh-huh. know. But a lot of times when people get a chance to talk to me, it's like grabbing on the lifeline. So she grabbed a hold of me. She wasn't going to let the topic go. I try to say, hey, let's talk about something else. She wanted to talk about her kids. So we're in public eating. I understand. And she wanted to talk about her kids and how to raise them. So I said, hey, I'm reading this book by James Dobson, Christian psychologist. He says you have to show both love but also control. And that's why I try to practice. I said – uh, what I do when my daughter won't get ready in the morning, cause I was one of the pro- the kids not getting ready in the morning. So she gets frustrated. She's screaming. I said, what I do is I, I tell her once I tell her twice. Right. And after that I say, I'm setting a timer. And if you're not dressed by the time the timer goes off, you're you know going to lose something today. And then I said, and I depend on God, you know, I pray to God a lot. Mm-hmm. I ask God for strength. I ask God for patience. I ask God for wisdom to me pretty. And I, and again, you got to understand my mom threw a typewriter at me one time, you know, my Whoa. mom beat me with brushes and wooden spoons and I, I turned out okay. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know. It's not really what I want to do, but I certainly don't think that the advice that I gave was, you know, above and beyond the pale. Right. Right. At some point, my daughter has to go to the bathroom. And so this lady takes my daughter into the bathroom, uh, the, the wife, okay, that, that I was talking with. Yeah. While she's gone, some other woman comes up, comes up behind me, so I don't see her coming. Totally, totally oblivious to this. Excuse me. She's not part of this. She's not part of this. She's some other person sitting at a table. She comes up. She says, I've been listening to your your discussion. I'm a child psychiatrist, and you are disgusting. Oh. Yeah. I mean, just – and, you know, I'm sitting there smiling because she says I'm a child psychiatrist. I thought she was going to give some help. You know, I thought she was going to say, hey, have you considered this? Nope. She just said, you're disgusting. And she said, it She said it doesn't matter how many gods you throw at it. Oh. And then I, I didn't say it because I'm sitting here saying if I open my mouth, you know, I could sin against the Lord. Right. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep my mouth shut. My buddy said, you know, who's a little more rough cut than me, he said, well, thanks for your opinion. And yeah. then she stomped off and she said, you're both ugly. Goodness. You know, and it's screaming as she goes. So that happened. You know, (laughs) which again, from my perspective, I was minding my own business. I got pulled into a discussion I didn't want to have. I did the best with it I could. And because I mentioned God, which I don't think it was my parenting advice that teed her off. I think it was the mention of God that if because she said no matter how many gods you throw at it. So she mentioned gods, plural, which a follower of Christ wouldn't do. And was dismissive of the idea. So I think it's the fact that I brought God into the discussion, made her mad. And she comes and tosses a couple barbs and then leaves. Didn't, you know, didn't offer a chance to, for us to talk, discuss, just, you know, throws That's a barb, She's done. couple barbs and leaves. The atheistic, you think? She just decided. Oh, in the area in which I live, yeah, more than likely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I do live in a very, very secular uh, area, you know, I mean, we, you still run into believers all the time, but you do have some virulent non-believers here that will let you know in no uncertain terms. So, so that, that happened that Saturday. And then that Sunday I got your 
<laughs> your message saying, hey, have you seen this feedback on the podcast? Well, last Saturday, which is about two weeks later, yeah. we're having a work day at uh, at the church. And so we you know, we have several groups that use our building. We we own the building, but there's another congregation that that uses it at night. Mm-hmm. And we, we asked them to come help out. So so they had a group here. We have a, a homeschool group that meets in the building. They were here. The Boy Scouts used the building. So they were so we had a huge workforce and we were cleaning up our property and doing great. Well, we have a guy. We have these trees on the south side of our property facing some houses on the other side of the street yeah. that were, you know, getting scraggly or whatever. We have a guy in our church. He's a, a new guy coming to our church. Uh, and I don't know, arboralist or something. He's uh, he, he's he knows trees. Arborist. Arborist? Is I that think it's you... arborist, yeah. Okay. And um, so he wanted to just cut some out, just cut them down to stumps and let those stumps die and, and prune back some of the others. Well, this lady sees him do it and doesn't like it. Oh. Yeah, you know, which it's not her property. I understand she looks at it, but yeah. law is law. It's not her property. But she comes over, tried to talk with him and couldn't get anywhere with him, you know, because he just – who are you? And it's none of your business. Go away. Again, not the best way to handle it, but you know. So then she comes wanting to talk to me, and she said, "You have a dumpster out there. These trees are going to die." I've called my gardener. He said, "These trees are going to die. I want to chop these trees down." And I said, "No, we're not going to do that." Good. And she says, "Well, my gardener says they're going to die." I said, "Well, my guy says they're not, and there's two different opinions." And um. You know, if we do what you want to do, we'll never find out which one is right because the trees will just be gone. Why don't we wait, see if they live or not? If they die, we'll take care of it. And if they um, if they live, all's well that ends well. And and she just she started to well, this guy Robert, you know, and so she's talking bad about our arborist, right? You know, and then she starts saying, "My church doesn't look like your church. My church looks nice," you know. So she's. T- Trying to let me, and she's that'll well, teach you how to date about those darn trees. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> take yeah, that you know. trees. And and then she says you're not being a good neighbor, you know, as if she was, you know. It's, so if I don't do what she tells me to do, I'm not a good neighbor. But so if you look at all three of these things, so so that's the she eventually just went away. She said, "I'm going to hold you to your word." Hey, please do. You know, I want to be a man of my word. So hold me to it. If the trees die, we'll chop them down. She went away unhappy. But if if you look at all three of these that we got, I think there's a couple commonalities, and that's what we, you know, we don't want to just say, "Hey, people were mean to us. Feel sorry for us." You know, no, I've, no, I, I, it's the opposite. I, I personally, I'm sorry to cut in, but no, no. C- come on, grow up, guys. Well, I mean, that's so. There's a couple of things that we're dealing here. First of all, we're dealing with how do you talk to people. Uh, in a productive manner. <laughs> uh, and secondly, we're dealing with something even beyond that, which is identity, uh, which yeah. is a key part of the faith. So this isn't just us whining and saying we were we were treated mean because people don't like us. I mean, I've again, I've gotten accustomed to that. That's not going to elicit yeah. really a podcast at me. But there are deeper things here that I think we we can talk about best in our spiritual application section. And now it's time for the spiritual application. Welcome to the spiritual application there, Doug. This is how our topic affects us and connects with us in our walks with God. Yeah, so as we continue our excursion into the complaint department here, so we had three complaints, Yeah. one directed to our podcast and one directed at 
me as a parent and a man of God, I guess, and then one directed at my church. As I said, I think there's some commonalities that you can see in these things. I, I want to give you first crack. What do you see? You know, we already talked about the, the one complaint. You're and involved really in all three correct. of them. That's what I see. I mean, well, yes, I'm, I'm the commonality. I am, I must be the problem. No, you know? I'm kidding. But, um, but no, we've already pointed out that, um, you know, the, the person, the follower of Christ that left us, you know, feedback on the website was mm -hmm. relatively incorrect in right. some of the stuff that he or she had to say. I think, um, I, I think that's one commonality you can see in the others, and I might bring that out a little bit more. But sure. but to try to be a good listener and not answer my own questions. Oh, I see. I'm, yeah, I'm I'm going to ask you to try to pull up some some commonalities here. I it seems like these are the types of people, and and again, I'm stereotyping, but you know, mono just doesn't sound as good. Um, <laughs> yes. But, but, um, <laughs> um, the it seems like these are people that have had things not go their way and what better way to fix that than to put somebody else down or make them feel crappy because of the fact that they are happier than you at the moment and it was an uncomfortable thing for the person to deal with whether it was the trees the parenting skills or the podcast and it just twisted them the wrong way and they didn't feel like it was right and therefore they had to start barking about it just because it was it wasn't what they wanted and it to me it seems like it's a a feeble attempt at just whining yeah you know you actually bring up a a, a good insight there that a lot of this really probably has to do with them, even though I'm oh, yeah. the commonality, as you pointed no, I'm out. I'm joking. I'm um, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. It's, uh, you know, I, I just elicit this reaction from people. But, um, no, definitely the lady with the trees, she's been unhappy. A lot of our neighbors are unhappy with us. Yeah. Whether they are legitimately unhappy with us or not, I've got some debate about that. The church was here first. Yeah. Um, the Does church is 60 years old. The houses weren't here. The houses were built around church. My perspective is, you know, you knew when you bought your house that you were across the street from a church. Sometimes the neighbors just don't like when we have funerals on Saturday. Do you? Have I don't a, know what. A little orange man that speaks for the trees. By we do not have a Lorax. Uh, now the Lorax, was. I think I would have got along with a little better. But oh. so whether rightly or wrong, and I tend to think wrongly, but whether rightly or wrongly, she has a grievance against the church, apparently longstanding. Uh, for our because she said I've come talk to you before which she hadn't she had to ask me what my name was In and if I was had. the pastor yeah so she must not have talked to me before I don't remember talking to her before uh, which means this must have been going on for ten years because I've been here for nine so ah. you know she's got a ten year gripe against the and I think she'd have a gripe against whoever was here but she's got a ten year gripe against the church and this was her chance to let it out this woman at Taco Bell I just think has a gripe against God. Yeah. And you hear somebody talk positively. I mean, I can't prove that, and I want to be careful about saying things I can't prove. But, again, she brought up – she didn't bring up and say you're being a bad parent by doing this. She said you're throwing God at it. Yeah. You're bringing gods into it. So that was what apparently you know teed her off. Um, and then who knows about the, the person leading the feedback. So I do – I agree with you there. There's, there's some issue really beyond the confrontation, yeah. which – is driving these people to this kind of, of behavior. So that's a good, 
you know, that's one good insight. I, and, and I guess if I could say one thing about that is you got to be careful not to to take your stuff out on other people. You know, I always look at like my wife and my this guy said, when you come home, your wife and your family deserve your best. He told me that a Christian mentor told me that and said, you cannot take your frustrations out on them, which is what people tend to do. Yeah, you know, so definitely. I, I read a short story one time where this couple goes to to the park and they have their little boy there and there's another little boy that's throwing sand and uh, the dad says, hey, little boy, let's not throw sand. Well, this little boy's dad said, no, son, this is a public park. You throw all the sand you want. And the guy tries to talk with this other dad and says, you know, that's not really a good way for us to you know, do things. And he says, well, who's going to stop me? You, yeah. you know, well, then. So they just decide to leave the park was they're on their way home. The, the husband and wife getting a little tiff about something and finally the wife says, well, who's going to stop me? You. And the idea behind the short story was that they had brought their garbage home, you know, and we're now taking their garbage out on each other. You know, she adopted the same language this guy at the park used. And Jesus, I think, teaches us not to do that. He says, if you run into somebody that's a conflict, you shake the dust off your feet. You know, which in, is one way of saying to the person, I'm done with you. But in another sense, I think Jesus was saying, shake it off. You don't bring it home. You don't let it into your heart. You shake it off and, and you move on, which is, again, why I don't want to just sit here and complain about how we've been complained about, because I don't want to perpetuate the cycle. I want to dust off my feet and move on. But we felt there was spiritual value in this. So we're talking about it. So, you know, I think you're you're correct in that commonality. And I do think there is a, an application there that, um, you got to be careful what you let in your heart and you got to be careful what you let out of your heart and how you let it out of your heart. True. Uh, you're, you know, you're persecuting the end. I like to say there's, there's a guy we had in our church in Ohio that he could not stop fighting about that. And it was clear that he was not fighting with me. He was still fighting some battle that had happened 20 years ago with the other preacher and since I was now in that position, he was just going to take it out on me. Yeah, and next. I told him one time, I said, you know what? If you cannot distinguish your friend from your enemy, it's time for you to sheath your sword. It's time for you to leave the battlefield. And sure. I think that's good advice for everybody in life. Maybe not biblical, but I think it's good advice if you can't tell your enemy from your friend. You know, if you can't tell your enemy from an innocent bystander who does not deserve the full weight of your wrath to come upon him or her then maybe it's time to leave the battlefield. It, and I could be completely wrong on this because I saw a Nostradamus special on HBO when I was like 12. So okay. this could be where this is coming from. Isn't there something either in the Bible or somewhere where they said that, uh, where it says something along the line that you're not going to be able to tell the difference between your friend or your foe? And in uh, in this is predicting the future type of situation. Or is there anything that says that you won't know the difference when uh, things look like they're getting better and they're really not? Um, that may be in Jesus's end times discussions. May he say he says you know a, a mother-in-law will fight against her daughter-in-law and, and families will be divided and fighting each other. Paul says love. Uh, Jesus says I think love will grow cold okay. in the end times. Paul says people will become more and more selfish and self-centered in second timothy three so i'm not sure that exact quote is in the bible per se that you won't be able to tell your enemy from your friend but i do think those ideas are there that yeah. you can get i mean and that's been my experience in the church that i see people 
and even I think in these instances that we're talking about here in complaint department, I think these are people that are attacking when they really don't need to attack or certainly don't need to attack in the way that they are attacking. Yeah. And you always have to look at what they are um, going through at the same time. I mean, each each individual here has an issue that they're not talking about, and the only way that they seem to be able to fix it is to is to start barking about different yeah. things. And, and that's where I have to be. I mean, so some of this is my stuff that I need to learn from. And that's like in every situation, I'm always saying, Lord, what do you want to teach me? What are you trying to show me? But, you know, part of my philosophy is I don't really care why you stuck a knife in my back. Once you stuck a knife in my back, you stuck a knife in my back. And now we've got to do something about it. So right. I'm a little I'm very compassionate, but I'm a little less compassionate toward aggressors, because once you've been aggressive, You've stirred up that Scotsman in me, and I don't really care if you thought I said something that I didn't say or you thought I was somebody I wasn't. Nope, you stuck a knife in my back, and now I'm going to knife you in return. You know, So I have to control that a little bit. But I, I, if you were a more compassionate, perhaps more Christ-like person, you might be able to do that and say, gee, you know, what is really teeing this lady off that she would act like, a, yeah. like an ignorant in the middle of Taco Bell? You know, so It could be the food. Yeah, it's south of the south of the border, man. Could have she could have had too many packets of uh, fire sauce, and that you was, never know. It could yeah, be the thing that has to do with it. Any other commonalities that you see here? No, I, 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 the only thing that I could think of otherwise is uh, they seem dismayed, and is there a real need to fix it? Or is there not in each of these situations? And my personal belief is there's, there is no way to fix it because even if you attempted to fix this, you would gratify them to the fact that they would definitely complain about the next thing you did. Yeah, well, there, there's a good you know, idea too. I mean, you know, the lady at Taco Bell, I can't fix it. I don't know who she is and I'll probably never see her again. Uh, again, I don't think Jesus... I mean, Jesus talked about making things right when you can, but Jesus yeah. was also aware that you can't make things right with everybody. And I think that's why he gives us the shake the dust off your feet. I, you know, he, he talked about people of peace, and that implies that there are people of non-peace. And so that's Luke 10, Mark 10, maybe Luke 9, where he's given instructions about how you share the gospel. He says, you go find people of peace. If you run into non-people of peace, that's where he says you shake the dust off your feet and you allow me to handle it. So, you know, I, I don't want him, you know, spearing them from heaven or striking them down from lightning or anything. Right. I, I really don't know what needs to happen in these situations. I mean, I the, the person making the comment is just an Internet person. And unfortunately, people don't behave on the Internet. So that doesn't bother me as much. The lady in Taco Bell and the neighbor, I think, need a talking to. <laughs> but, you know. Whatever's going to happen with you know between them and God, I'm not thinking about all that much. But no, I don't feel any drive to make it right. A, a second thing that I did say, well, let, well let's come back. Th there's there's two other things I want to say, two other commonalities. Sure. The one we've already mentioned is that's the incorrectness. You know, mm -hmm. that we feel like the follower of Christ that made this comment on the webpage was was incorrect. First of all, we're not two pastors. We never claim to be. No. Second of all, we never claim this to be a Bible study. We claimed it to be, you know, real life discussion where faith, you know, meets the world. Um, so we feel like they're just factually incorrect. Right. On and that obviously which, which, a skimmer yeah. and not a listener. Yeah. And and that's so. you know invalidates really your comments. This lady at Taco Bell though Mm -hmm. Again, look at what, you know, not only in, in her, the, the things that she said, 
but the way she said them. Uh, let, let me do the thing she said. She said, we're disgusting um, as fathers. Yeah. And th- this other guy, like I said, he's more rougher cut than me. But I got to tell you, I've never seen a father that spends as much time with his kids as this guy spends with his kids and as I spend with my daughter. Yeah. You know, I, I, we were at the park. And this one lady, she was talking to another lady, and she said, well, my husband will play with our daughter, but he won't change her diapers. He won't feed her. He won't do any of that stuff. I change diapers. I feed. I clean. I take Aubrey places. Aubrey's with me all the time. Every Saturday is Daddy Daughter Day. Aubrey's with me. This guy takes his kids to museums all the time. He, he works four days a week, and he's, he's got three-day weekends. Always taking his kids to museums. Always taking his kids to, to do special things. Could he use some improvement as a parent? Yep. Could I use some improvement as a parent? Yep. Does that make us disgusting? No. That you know that you want to look at one comment I made. I mean, and this is where I get frustrated because I have a very strong sense of justice and fairness. I try to be just and fair with everybody I deal with. I don't. The world is not very just and fair to us of the church. I don't believe. You know, the church is called hypocritical. The church is called uh, judgmental. The church is called critical. The church is called harsh. But here is your representative from the world. Was she judgmental? Yeah, she didn't judge, judge my entire – you know, when you say somebody's disgusting and ugly, you're not judging their actions. You're judging their person. Right. You know? If, if she would have said, hey, you could do a little better, mm, yeah, I could do a little better. You're going to say, hey, you're disgusting and ugly. Yeah, you know, that's judgment. That It's hypocritical because we're not disgusting and ugly. It's, you know, it harsh. Childish. It's cruel. It was, it was yeah, just, it's – She didn't well, think when she spoke. It, yeah, and, and so – you know, you have that, that it's, it's inaccurate. This lady, you know, the neighbor, she said, I offered to buy you a tree. I don't remember that. You know, she said, my gardeners says they're going to die. Well, my guy says they're not, you know, I mean, there's some debate as to what's factual here, you know? So first of all, there was a lot in here being presented as fact. That's not fact. But second of all, look at the tactics that they're, you, you know, this woman at Taco Bell came up behind, really was an ambush attack. She came yeah. up behind me, tossed in her little barb and then took off before I could respond, you know, was not great. And that's what, if you're going to come on the field of battle, come on the field of battle. If you're going to throw a punch and then you take a punch, you know, I don't like have the, much respect. The equivalent of the naked guy running across the football field. I think exactly. Is, is what exactly. And, and, and far less uh, enjoyable. That's I might true. add, <laughs> but, um, you, you know, j- just to come up in your opening line is you're disgusting. Well, that doesn't offer much dialogue, does it? You know, there's not much chance for me to interact with you when your opening gambit is yeah. you are disgusting to me. Right. Um, she could have offered some help. You know, well, I was here. I was offering the, the best help I could. You know, she claimed to be, whether she is or not, I don't know. But she I claimed to be a child psychiatrist. Yeah. I, yeah, I've got doubts, you know. But if she is what she says she is, she could have given some help. She could have said, hey, you know, these, these people were in crisis. Their marriage is in danger because their kids are, are problematic. And I was offering some solutions, which they told me the next day worked. They said the timer works. Okay. You know, yeah, they told me that at church. Hey, the timer worked. Made our morning a lot better. Good. This woman could have been a hero. She could have come in and said, hey, this will help your marriage and didn't want to do it. No. You know, okay. so it's not only are you, you're factually inaccurate, but you're, you're, you're practically ineffective yeah. and 
you're everything which you blame the church for being. You're hypocritical. You're judgmental. You're you're harsh. You're strict, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it you know it, it's your laws are different from my laws, but you're as judgmental about your laws and as legalistic about your laws. You know, and what her laws are, I don't know. She wouldn't tell me. Right. But you're as harsh with them as I supposedly am with mine, and so I just think it's it's ridiculous. The tree lady. Keep yes. A, keep an eye on that tree lady and make sure nothing's sprinkled around your trees. You know what? I expected to find the trees gone when I came in really? the next morning last Sunday. They weren't. Good. I was a little disappointed because I wanted to call the police on her. But uh, <laughs> what's what's the age? <laughs> what is the age yeah, I range? Know. If I that's may. my carnality coming. Oh, she was way older than me. Yeah. Okay. Um, Upper sixties, seventies. Yeah, sixties probably. She probably you know. just the the trees. Maybe she must have lived there for a very long time, and the trees are just obstructing a view that she wants to see. Are they? What type of trees are these trees? Uh, they look like big evergreen bushes to me. They're mm. fairly ugly, you know. That's but what it is. She just I, wants she wants to get rid of them. Yeah, she just wants to get rid of them, and you know. When when it wasn't working for her, when she couldn't persuade us to get rid of them, she started bringing out heavier and heavier artillery. Yeah. And that that brings me to the the final commonality that I want to talk about is that if you look at all of these people, they have attacked what I call identity. You know, they didn't just say, "Hey, you guys are doing wrong, or you guys could do better." They said, "You are wrong. You True. are bad." You know, the the I the lady the lady at Taco Bell. She said, you are disgusting. You are ugly. That's a comment on my character. This lady f- from across the street, tried, your church is not good. It's not as good as mine. My church is better than yours. They're attacking identity. And I find that to be particularly disgusting um, because identity is, is precious. And if you look at God, one of the things he's trying to do is establish our identity as his beloved children. He repeatedly tells us, you're my beloved you're the apple of my eye. If anybody touches you, I get upset, hmm. right? You know, if you look at, say, so we're still in the season of Lent as, as of this recording, which is supposed to mirror Jesus's 40 days in the desert that culminates in that, you know, face-to-face with Satan and Satan tempts him. How did Satan keep tempting Jesus? What was it that Satan kept saying to Jesus? If you are, remember, the son of God. Ah, kept, get your, yeah, if kept, you are the son of God, save yourself. Yeah, he say, he says that three every time he says, you know, if you're the son of God, turn these stones into bread. If you're the son of God, jump off the temple. If you're the son of God, bow down and worship me. Challenging Jesus's identity. Yeah. Right? So that's a very devilish tactics, very evil thing to do. Um, and I don't just want to castigate these, you know, three individuals but this happens repeatedly in our society that that we seem to be unable to disagree anymore have a difference of opinion oh, no, anymore yeah. instead we go straight for the juggler we go straight to identity if you do anything i don't like you therefore must be a disgusting ugly person and not a good neighbor you you know what started that i believe not just just uh, uh cell phones and personal personal right. space and everything because i gotta stand like this and don't come near me i'm in the middle of something very important here um judging shows the voice and you know who's better yeah. at throwing biscuits than the other person and who's better at singing who's better at acting dancing 
Well, yeah. you know, it really like back in the eighties when I was a kid. I mean, you'd get movie reviews. Yeah. And they'd say, oh, it's a good movie. It's bad. But now you get, you know, these internet reviews where people are taking the Everything. movie apart. And here's why it's garbage and blah, 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 blah. Yep. And we we didn't really used to be that. We didn't used to take people apart no. back then. I, I mean, maybe I've sanitized the past with my rose-colored neon 80s glasses. I don't have rose-colored <laughs> glasses. I've got, you know, I got a pair 80s, of those. Uh, 80s yeah. Oakleys. That's what I've got. But um, mm-hmm. maybe I've sanitized the past a little bit. But I don't recall being as critical back then oh, it's, as it's we gotten, are now. And that yeah, really man. gets me misgivings about the future. Oh, yeah. It's because gonna... if we're this terrible to each other now, what are we going to be in 10 years from now? Well, then we're going to start predicting people off of – and I do it now. This is one of the things. I've got to learn to kick sand off my my backside or whatever you do. I mm-hmm. um, the the sand the, off a back's duck. Is that's that what you're it. To Thank say? you so much. Kick, kick the ducks off your feet. That's what Jesus taught. I think we're mixing some metaphors here. When I was when I had hair, I used to brush my da in the back there. Yeah, yeah, those were the days. Um, <laughs> but the truth being said is that I'm starting to judge people just off of five seconds of knowing them, and that's yeah. one of my biggest problems. I really got to work on that. And well, it's like it's like they they do something that stereotypically would happen with that type of person, and then I'm locked in this. There's nothing you can do to save my opinion of you now. Yeah, you know? and, and, and so that I mean, that. I think that leads us into you know another topic of discussion here. That the reason Jesus and we've mentioned this already, the reason Jesus tells us to shake the dust off your feet is he doesn't want us becoming this way. Exactly, he doesn't. He doesn't want us getting all bent out of shape that, hey, if I see an atheist at Taco Bell, I'm going to jump up and tell him they're disgusting and ugly right. and run out the door. Exactly. You know, you can't he do does. That. Yeah, Paul says we do not wage war the way the world does in Second mm-hmm. uh, Corinthians chapter 10. The way we interact with the world is completely different from the way the world interacts with us. It, it's superior and we have to keep it that way. Uh if the Bible doesn't work for you, you like it when I quote uh, or when I rap so much. So a little bit of remember Will Smith, just the two of us when that came out of Song by Son. Yeah. He said, um, "What's he say? In this world, people will treat you bad, disrespect you, and make you mad. Let God deal with the things they do, because hate in your heart will consume you too, right?" That's and very so. Well said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you. I, I don't know that you know Will Smith is the greatest sage of our time, but I do think there's <laughs> some wisdom in there that you cannot allow yourself to be dragged into these kind. You know, it, they're the temptation. And so, when this neighbor's talking to me, and the church people had already shown their displeasure towards her, maybe not in the way they should, but now she's come to me, and I want to. You know, you're making me mad. You're throwing me insults in my face. It's very clear what you're trying to do. You're attacking my identity. And uh, I want to come back in kind. But instead, uh, the Lord calls me not to do that. He calls me to be fair, to be patient, to repay evil with good rather than evil with evil. That That's stated many times in Scripture. Yeah. And bringing this all to a close, I think the thing that's going to help me do that is something that happens. So this is a, a fourth story I have to tell on our, our podcast here. But, but very briefly, so the Thursday before that Saturday where this woman – you know, ambushed me in Taco Bell, and then we got this feedback on the website. I was at the pastor's prayer group. So we've got pastors from all denominations. We come and meet. We pray together. It's a very special thing that we have here. So they said, hey, you know, during our prayer time, they just said, we just we just want to open it up. If anybody needs prayer, come to the front. We'll pray for you. Well, I didn't want to do that because I'm 
tough Doug, you know, so I wasn't going to come up front for prayer. But one of them came back to me. One of the guys was up there praying. You know, there, there's kind of the de facto, you know, leadership rises to the top. These guys are just kind of the leaders of the group. He came back to me. He's, he's also kind of my mentor as well. And he put his hand on my chest. He says, I, I'm going to pray over you. I just feel the Lord wants me to pray that you would be encouraged and not discouraged. And so I just I just nodded my head because it's a quiet, reverent time and I didn't want to talk. But so he put his hand on my chest. He started praying. He said, Doug, I have a vision for you. You know, some of these guys believe they have visions. I, I don't really get visions so much like that, but some of these guys believe they do. He said, I have I have a vision for you. He says, the Lord says that you're like a warrior who goes out and fights and comes back beaten up, you know? Hmm. And uh, he, he says, but I want you to know uh, that the Lord is pleased with you. You know, which, which is something several people have said that to me that I think are rather prophetic. They've said the Lord is pleased with you. So, you know, just knowing that God is pleased with you enables you to endure and overcome and not reply in kind when somebody comes and calls you disgusting and ugly. But also along with that, you know, I started to think, because again, I'm always thinking, what does the Lord want me to learn? What does the Lord want me to do? And as I thought about that, Ephesians 6 just came to mind, which is put on the full armor of God. You know, one of the things he says, he's got the shield of the faith, which can extinguish all the the flaming arrows of the evil one. Right. And I started thinking, and I, I was, you know, Lord, maybe I've not put on the armor the way I should, you know, because I do, sometimes I am very worldly, and I'd, I'd prefer to be like the world, and maybe I've not armed myself and, and armored myself the way that you want me to, and I need to take up that shield of faith, trust in you, and that will deflect these attacks. So that's what I really took out of it. Is it also a matter of um, uh, you just basically holding on to everything that comes at you? If someone called you disgusting. Do you harbor that and and dissect it? Well, and be like, why would they that, say that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. When you know what you're because this is something that that my pastors group works with a lot. They said when you know your identity is a child of the Father, when you know that you are the beloved of God, as Romans uh, nine calls us, we're the objects of His mercy. Mm-hmm. When you know that that's what you are. That's your shield, and that def- you don't hold on to these things because I I know factually speaking that woman is wrong. I'm not disgusting. I know factually speaking that woman is wrong. I'm not a bad neighbor. I could be a better neighbor, but I'm not a bad neighbor, and I'm not trying to be a bad neighbor. So that knowledge which the Lord has given to me is a shield right. that deflects you know deflects these attacks. Um, so I because you don't like you don't want to absorb it, you know. Like, like we used to play hack and slash, like I used to play video games, hack and slash, you know, my health bar is this long, so I know I can take these many hits, <laughs> I'll just take them. We don't want to do that in the spiritual life. We don't just want to take those hits, absorb, because then you do start, well, maybe I am disgusting. Right. Maybe I am. Feed on you. And then when I go to discipline my daughter, as I think is right, then I'm, I'm handicapped because I'm afraid of what this woman at Taco Bell is going to say. You don't want it. You can't live like that. Absolutely. You have to, right. you have to have your identity in God. Put on the full armor of God. Understand that the enemy is out there. He is going to beat you up. He is going to shoot flaming arrows at you. But the Lord is pleased with you. And you're secure in that. You're safe in that. You're encouraged in that. So you don't internalize and tear yourself down. You don't go out and respond in kind. Instead, you become what Jesus was. You shake the dust off your feet. You minister to the people of peace. You live a peaceful, quiet, godly life. It's true. And now, the moral of the show. And that brings us to the moral of the show, I think. And the moral of the show, the bottom line. For me, clean all the mucus out of your head. It just (laughs) causes you dizziness, craziness, 
and it makes you feel crappy. It really, really does. Um, yes. For me, the this moral. Entire... <laughs> Sorry. This this entire hour long podcast has really been about mucus. It really has. One thing I've I've learned in in speaking with you today, moral of the show for me is uh, not to get. My first, my first thought when the person wrote that is, is the arrogance of this person. Right. And then immediately I thought anything this person says is a pile of steaming grossness. And it, it doesn't matter, especially when, when they don't even give their name, what's going on with them, um, you know, where I can find them to see what they're talking about and all of that. It just it, immediately I thought, okay, this guy's a coward. And uh, and that's that's wrong. You can't do that. Um, you're absolutely right that uh, the you need to shake off that dust because it does eat up at you. And it's a it's a habit that I really would like to. I'm I'm glad I know I have this problem, and it's something I do uh, consciously work on. Not judging someone just because of an idiosyncrasy or a. Uh, this is what I've learned of this type of behavior. Therefore, they have to be in that segment of um, humanity, and they're not. They, they're human beings. Mm-hmm. The person who wrote this could be somebody that misinterpreted the three to five seconds uh, clip that they heard, and all of right. a sudden they, they're like, I can't listen to more of that because more of it's going to be evil. In their mind, maybe so. And it's not what they believe in. And yeah my yeah that's that's a very difficult thing remembering that the people who have raised their swords against you are also god's children as, as much well. as you are yeah. you know and and even you know this woman at taco bell i suspect she's not a believer but the lord still loves her of course and wants her to come to repentance that the neighbor said she was a believer i'm not going to question that you know even believers can act wrong at times so right. yeah she, she doesn't like evergreens so, well, yeah so, so yeah and so you can't allow it to, you know, just spiral out of control to where this, you know, this person called me evil, therefore they are evil, right? you, can't you know, which is, is my default setting as well. Okay. Then. And, uh, yeah, so you're not the only one that struggles with that, but, um, it is good that you've been challenged to say, no, I'll shake the dust of my feet. Uh, for me, I mean, a couple of things, I always like to give people scripture, just like that guy that asked me to pray for him today. I, I, I say, Lord, what do you want me to give to this guy? And a scripture comes to mind and I give to you. It's Romans 9 that says we're objects of mercy. I said, I want you to remember that today as you're driving your truck around. You are an object of mercy. But for this discussion, I think a, script, a good scripture that applies is, um, I mean, there are many. You know, do not overcome, uh, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. The end of Romans 12 mm-hmm. would be a good one. But also, um, Peter says, if you are insulted for the name of Christ, you are blessed. Ah, you know, so uh, he says the spirit of glory and God rests on you if you're insulted for the name. We look at it as a fail. I must be a failure because a woman in Taco Bell insulted me. I must be a failure because my neighbor says my my church isn't as good as her church. You know, doesn't look as nice as her church. Uh, Peter says, you know, you look at those as, as hardships, but they're really blessings. You know, the Lord is blessing you by allowing you you know, to be attacked and withstand that attack. So it's really a blessing. Uh, Along those same lines, I guess a a lesson that I learned early in my ministry was that you're just, you're going to take your shots. If if you want to go do the work of the God, if you want to live a God, even if you don't even want to do the work of God, if you just want to be godly, you're going to take your shots. If you want to do the work of God, you're going to take many more. But early in my ministry, I preached a sermon. I thought it was a great sermon. 
probably wasn't now if i look back at it now i'd probably be embarrassed of it but i thought it was a great sermon at the time you know i was only 20 something some crusty old guy comes at the end of service says something stupid to me you know much like what we're talking about here and i go home and i'm all mad about it and everything right and i'm watching football and i see that the quarterback you know he's go he's he gets hit while he throws but the throw still connects and it's a touchdown right but he's on the ground and he doesn't see the touch he doesn't see that his throat connects he just threw it and boom he's down and for me that was a little bit of a metaphor that you know a if you want to play the game you're going to get hit true you know i chose to be the quarterback i chose to be the pastor you cannot expect you know peyton manning only got touched 15 percent of the time but still he got touched 15 percent of the time you know and most quarterbacks it's a lot higher than that you cannot expect to play the game and not get hit you step in the ring you're going to take a punch. I mean, you have to expect that is, is the first thing. But the second thing is you might still be throwing touchdowns. True. And even if you don't, you know, that quarterback did not know until his buddies picked him up and the fireworks went off that he had thrown a touchdown. But he had. You know, all he knew is he threw the ball and got hit. Right. You you throw the ball up. You get hit. You didn't see where it went. You still might be throwing a touchdown. So I'm still going to preach this Sunday. I'm still going to keep my building as nice as I can. I'm still going to minister to people and give them advice when they're begging me for advice like this couple was. I'm still going to be recording this podcast with you. I'll probably take a lot more shots for doing all of those things. But, <laughs> so will you I. know, that's all right. Yeah, it's that's it really is not an insult. It's a blessing. And I'm willing to take the shots. I'm going to put on the armor of God. I'm going to take up the shield of faith and uh, we will overcome evil with good. I, that's my moral. That's my bottom line. Tonight's closing hymn. And then, so obviously the closing hymn is the theme to Zelda. Yeah. No. Uh, no, actually, we, we want to end the show with a hymn like all good services, you know, should end. Sure. And this one is not really kind of a hymn. I, I hope we can get away with this one copyright-wise. I didn't discuss it with you previously. But it's a, it's a song from a Christian rock band. How do you like that? Okay. Called... Petra, that was very important to me when I was a kid. I listened to their albums again recently, and they didn't move me as much as they did when I was a kid. Maybe I've matured, but they had one song. It was called I Love the Just Very Simple, I Love the Lord. So Petra, I Love the Lord. Okay. And I remember our youth ministers, we had a, a team of a couple of married couples that led our youth ministry in my home church. They played that album. And one night I started thinking about that song, I Love the Lord. I had never thought about loving the Lord before. I thought of it, you believe in the Lord, you obey the Lord, you fear the Lord. This idea of loving him, oh, I'd never considered that before. And that really was a transformative moment of my life where I began to say, it's not just belief, it's not just obedience, it's not just I'm trying to get to heaven and not go to hell when I die. It is that I love this person and wish to be close to this person. So a very important song for me. I love the Lord. Hopefully we can skirt copyright issues and my brothers in Petra will be gracious to us using the song, but that's what I'd like our closing hymn to be tonight. Good choice. And that's what we're going to do. Well, thank you so much, Doug. Until next time, this is Doug saying, shake that dirt off, boy.
Observinator's music and podcasts are under the Creative Commons license, which allows retelling and rebroadcasting as long as the author is notified and credited. For more great escape pods, please visit www.zerbinator.wordpress.com. If you would like to contact Zerbinator Land, you can send an email to instrumentally at gmail.com or give us a call at 571-408-ZERB or 9372.